Hello, and welcome to episode 282 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with Jordan Clark, comics writer and writer of Samurai Sonia in shops next week from Dynamite Entertainment. This is Matt, and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host Noah. Hey there. Well, Jordan, we are excited to have you back on the podcast. You've, you've been on a number of times that we've talked about yeah. different things. Um, you know, we, we have a news story here and, and a couple of other things, uh, you know, coming down down the line. But let's do as we normally do. Um, let's just do a quick bio. Mm-hmm. And maybe you can give us a an elevator pitch for, for this uh, Samurai Sonya book that's coming out very soon. Ooh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm Jordan Clark, comic book writer. Uh, I've been writing comics for going on 12 years now it's it's it's, every year i'm just like it's been that long um but yeah i uh started out doing a lot of self-published stuff um and you know doing some some stuff through kickstarter and anthologies um and then was lucky enough to be a part of the bitch planet triple feature uh anthology that came out a couple years ago around like 2016 um and from there you know i've have kind of caught on a few different places i've done some stuff for dc i've done some stuff for idw um getting a chance to do this stuff now for for dynamite and uh also very very blessed and grateful to be part of the milestone initiative from dc comics um so yeah next week is going to be samurai sonya which is uh part of an an ongoing effort from dynamite to to do some different takes on the character so you know, I think everybody knows Red Sonia more or less, you know, um, and they've been doing stuff like Sonia Versal and Hell Sonia, both by Christopher Hastings and Pascal Calano. Uh, and those have just been like multiversal versions of Sonia. So like 80s action Sonia and like, you know, science fiction Sonia, literal demon Sonia. Um, and so I was approached to you know, see if I could come up with a different version of the character. And I decided on a, a samurai version of Sonya, uh, which is, I, I feel like works because it is kind of this merging of like the Western fantasy ideas with uh, a lot of the different Japanese folklore and culture uh, and specifically samurai culture, which I think has certain elements that line up a lot with like, you know, knights and, you know, stuff like that, but has a different enough flavor and identity to make it, you know, something new and fresh. Very cool. Well, you said something interesting in there that the, they approached uh, you. Uh, can you talk a little bit about uh, sort of how the uh, the interest between Dynamite and, and you was was developed? You know, I think it's it's just a, a matter of being out there and continuing to to do work and networking and making relationships. Um, Nick Cosby is the editor for a lot of these books over at Dynamite. And, uh, you know, I, I guess, you know, what I was doing just kind of caught, caught their eye and, um, you know, they reached out uh, just basically asking, you know, if I had any interests and had any ideas because, you know, this is something they, they wanted to keep doing, you know, in terms of these different versions of Red Sonja. Um, and, you know, I was just kind of, I guess, right place, right time, you know, just being able to put out work, but also being, you know, available and, and making good impressions on people so that people just, you know, they want to keep working with you. Very cool. Uh, so I'm going to turn things over to, to Noah for, for his first question for you. So what came first, um, like the, the pitch for it to be a samurai and then the artist, or did you like have an artist in mind when you were pitching it, the, the, the samurai version of Sonia? So uh, Pascal Calano, who had been doing the um, other versions so the Sonia Versal and Hell Sonia, was available i guess like it was just another one of those uh you know synchronistic things where they had just finished up you know what they were doing for the hell sonya series and were around and available and, and interested uh you know because i mean you can imagine sometimes you've been kind of doing the same thing not necessarily the same thing but you know drawing a certain kind of character over you know a couple of months um, so I'm glad that they weren't they weren't sick of it yet, or they were interested enough in, in what I was proposing that they wanted to jump on. Uh, but yeah, I had I had the samurai idea first, just because I thought, you know, it'd be kind of cool to see Red Sonia not only just, um, you know, in that time period, right? When you think about, um, you know, I'm I'm really influenced by stuff like Vagabond, um, stuff like you know a lot of different Kurosawa films. Um, and, you know, also like Samurai Jack, <laughs> uh, 
uh, and stuff like that. And so, you know, I, again, I felt like there was a lot of parallels there. And uh, fortunately, yeah, like Pascal was around and, and kind of dug what we were putting together and wanted to jump on with us. So That's awesome. And I love that you brought up Samurai Jack because um, it looks like you've got some really sick action sequences in there. And I was going to ask you about like your influences when it came to writing a character that is sort of action driven um and not, not that like you know your 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 aquaman books didn't have action in them but like i think everybody sort of goes to red sonia for sort of like you know the 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 the, the draw of the action and you know the mm-hmm. like the swashbuckling aspect of it you know yeah well, yeah and i mean for me like i <laughs> i I think one of one of my main interests in in doing this book was that I felt action was kind of a gap for me as a writer um and and just you know the projects that I'd done before because yeah I mean I am a very character driven writer and sometimes it's not that I forget that you know like these characters should fight or do certain things but like um I always am I'm kind of searching for the why and and maybe what is the reason behind the action behind the fighting before I actually get to the fight. And so this was an opportunity for me to kind of, you know, not, not put the action first in the sense of like, you know, dumping all the character stuff, but definitely working on an action forward character like Red Sonia, where like you're saying, that's kind of what the expectation is. And, you know, it's a little bit of like this being a book where we're trying to bring in people who who like Red Sonia and have liked the Sonia Russell, Hell Sonia books, uh, but also appeal to people who maybe aren't Red Sonia diehards or haven't really had a chance to experience the character and giving them something new. So like action is the expectation, uh, but we were also trying to find just different ways to kind of give you that action. So it's it's not just the same thing that you're used to, but you know, infusing it with different things like Japanese folklore and, and some of the samurai stuff. Was there something freeing about it being sort of like an, an Elseworlds uh, Sonya tale? Because I'm thinking about like your, your Aquaman um, issues. You got to sort of, you know, tell a story there, but you still sort of had to fit it in between, you know, the, the issues that had come before and the, and the issues that were going to come to follow. Um, so this is sort of stretching a different sort of, you know, writing muscle in that, you, you know, you're taking this existing property. There's certain things we know about it but you're able to sort of pull it out of its, its normal, you know, sword and sandals, you know, landscape and, and put it into this. Was there something freeing about that? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, like you mentioned, when I was doing those two Aquaman issues, it was very much so like, Hey, feel free to play around, you know, do these other things, but also remember that we got to like enter here and exit here, you know, Mm -hmm. and also just being two issues, it was very much so like, all right, you know, I have, I have the assignment in terms of like, you know, here's the things that it's important to hit because, you know, this, this is and isn't my story, right? Like it is still very much so Kelly Sue's story that she's telling, you know, from a long, long form perspective. And I'm, you know, kind of stepping in briefly to do a little something and then she's going to come back. And so it's also a little bit of trying to maybe not mirror what she's been doing, you know, from a writing perspective, but definitely like, keep a similar tone you know i can't just come in there and just throw a wrench into everything and then leave and then she's got to come back in and and pick up the pieces you know there's Mm got to be some feeling of continuity between that and with this it was very much so just like literally what do you want to do like what what do you want to play around with how do you want to approach this and so you know like my my touchstones are very much so you know gail simone's run on red sonia and you know, trying to to take some of those influences that she left, but then also, yeah, being being able to play around and and kind of explore, you know, what what can Sonia do and be, and you know, does she have to necessarily fit into what the, I guess, just general idea and, and concept is that people might have when they think of the character, or can mm-hmm. we kind of do some different things that you know stretch it. To in an extent that it's not like a completely different character, like very much so still reminiscent of Red Sonia, but at the same time, like it is a new character. It is a different version of her. It's not, you know, just her in Japan. It's a literal, you know, multidimensional <laughs> version of Red Sonia. And so there's there's things that are 
the same, you know, that you'll, you'll recognize, but then there's also some things that are different from an origin perspective, but also just from a character perspective. And I thought, you know, it'd be fun to kind of play around with that. So it was freeing, you know, and, and there's some uh, scary things with freedom, right? Because like I, sometimes those parameters, those hard guidelines kind of keep you in check, you know, so you're not necessarily flying off and, and trying to do a million different things at once. Um, but I think this was also, you know, I, I gave myself enough of uh, a structure to exist within so that it, it was still, you know, trying to hit those expected notes of Red Sonia, but then also, yeah, having the freedom to kind of play around and and maybe do some things that people maybe wouldn't expect from a Red Sonia series. Very cool. That's very uh, cool. So when you, like, but also I guess there has to be sort of a, like you brought up like Gail Simone, like there has to also sort of be awareness of like not retreading similar ground with things, right? Mm-hmm. Because like, uh, you know, but just to like, how do you how do you do that? Like, are you digging through Red Sonia books all the time and like working with your editor on that? Or how, how does that work? Uh, well, I, I mean, I read through all of the Sonia Versal and, you know, a bit of the Hell Sonia before I got started because it was still coming out as I was working on this. So I definitely was trying to, to pick up, I guess, first and foremost, what, what Christopher Hastings was doing with the character, just because, uh, you know, this is not a direct sequel to that but exists in that in that world in that universe so you know it's something that if you've been reading those books this is definitely you know a continuation of it but yeah it's not necessarily tied into any of that in the sense of you had to have read those before you come to this book um but i was also a little bit wary of of getting too deep into it. i think sometimes people can can maybe feel a bit of uh well two things you can feel a bit of pressure to say oh man you know this is this is batman this is uh you know spider-man this is like whoever this character is and i have to absolutely like call call attention to you know remember that that famous issue where you know this happened or you know remember this this huge you know battle between these two characters like i i want to get in there and kind of put my own mark on that um and then you can go the other way where you know, sometimes it feels like people are trying to do, you know, something, but maybe don't have enough of a grasp on the character, like you're saying, Noah, and then you kind of fall into a, a sense of like, this feels like <laughs> something that's been done before, you know, like you, if you had just read, you know, a, a bit, you may have kind of picked up on that. And so for me, I kind of stuck with, you know, what I had already read, which is, you know, the the first couple volumes of uh, Gail Simone's run and as well as you know what Christopher Hastings had done before um, just so I could get an idea of like these are the things that are true to Sonia right like Sonia very much so is she is she is good right but she is a little bit brash she's a little bit quick to anger and uh you know most of the time the sword is how she solves her problems right like you know she will eventually kind of get around to stuff and you know figure things out maybe uh, from a more diplomatic standpoint once the sword has kind of exhausted its (laughs) its its use but she's not necessarily going into things with a yeah hey everybody let's like have a chat and talk about our problems it's kind of like oh monster like let's cut it up let's get into it um but she's also somebody who i think because of her her origins right you know she lost her family um she is more or less an orphan you know growing up and is oftentimes the only woman in a lot of these situations right she's she's rolling around with conan and you know other people um and so she is uh definitely aware of you know the the vulnerable people in the world right like she very much sees herself as a protector of those who can't protect themselves um and and will go out of her way to help those you know in need and i think you know those are traits that you can kind of tie across all the different versions of sonia right like she's 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 you can you can go a couple different ways you know in terms of like how aggressive she is like how how much of a uh you know just fight first, ask questions later character she is. But I think you, you'll you always see that she is um, 
anti-authority, you, you know, in a lot of ways, like she doesn't really stand for, you know, monarchs and, you know, other people kind of bossing people around and telling people what to do, but she also doesn't really stand for um, bullies, you know, more or less like, you know, she, she will help those who, who really need her help and will go out of her way to do so. And so I kind of tried to incorporate as much of that as possible into this version of the character um, while also trying to, to tie her further into, you know, Japanese culture and folklore. Nice. So you, what was the, what was the experience of like this writing? Cause you, you know, you've done a number of things either, you know, in the indie world and the Kickstarter world um, for, for lack of a better term, a lot of times when we, you know, we as writers do something at that level, we're like almost the writer and the project manager at the same mm-hmm. time. Um, did you sort of turn this over, get some notes, do another draft, and then it's like, you know, it, it goes off into the ether and um, you're not you're not hearing things for a while or were you constantly like being kept uh, up to date? Like, you know, this is where we are with the art. We have a question here. Like, what was the process like with, with Dynamite? Uh, Dynamite was great. Nate was great. Um, you know, Pascal is great. I think, you know, like every company is going to be a little bit different in terms of how, how much you are involved in the process and the sense of like, you know, are you getting pages like every day and getting notes every day and, you know, being kept up on every little bit of the situation or are you kind of being brought in when needed? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think we were pretty good on, on, on a lot of that stuff, you know, just me being, not just a part of the team, but, you know, like them wanting this book to be something that uh, felt like, you know, we all had a say in it and we all were involved in, in kind of how things were shaking out, um, you know, and it can, it can be tricky sometimes, especially, you know, when you are a newer writer, um, you know, like this is my first, you know, shot at doing like a mini series. You know, I've I've done small things here and there and done some anthologies here and there, but this is the first like, here's five issues, like go <laughs> go and see what you can do with it. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I feel I feel great about it. I feel very, very proud of what we were able to do and put together. Um, and yeah, I mean, every every step of the way, you know, we've been able to kind of you know find any things that we needed to to check you know before it, it got put to print and uh everybody kind of has has felt like they've had you know a good a good say in the in the creation process and even just again like seeing pages come in and just being blown away by what pascal is doing uh you know in terms of not even just like the, the realization of the character and, and the sketches and stuff like that but then also you know, like it, there's a lot of stuff that is going back and forth between this is an actual like historical, like, you know, weapon or ship or castle or like, you know, thing that we are, we are trying to recreate like one-to-one. And then here's an idea of a monster. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like here's, here's something for you to just kind of like have fun with and play around with and see what you can do in terms of, you know, realizing and designing these things. And like both have come back looking, looking amazing. So I'm very excited for people to see this book because, um, you know, I, I think it's, it's gonna, again, give you what you, what you are looking for out of a Red Sonya book. But like, if you're, again, very into stuff like Vagabond, very into stuff like, you know, Kurosawa's films like, you know, Seven Samurai, like this has that aesthetic and feel to it as well. Yeah, I also got some, I get some like uh, OG uh, uh, Lone Wolf and Cub in there mm-hmm. as well. Like, it's, yeah. that's that's what amazes me about, I'm Googling uh, the artist's work. He's really versatile, man. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, no, um, he's, uh, I think right now he's getting ready to, do some stuff for dc um with the i want to say it's it's the dc vampire hunters or dc versus vampires book that matthew rosenberg has been doing uh and alex packnadel's coming in to do some backup stuff on that and pascal is going to be doing the art for that which looks pretty cool that's awesome it's really cool to have i i I kind of feel the same way. Like I, I, I wish we'd sort of talk to Philip about this as well, but it's kind of cool to be there starting your career out in comics with other people who are amazing. And that might lead us yeah. into talking about milestone a little bit. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, it's gotta be cool to be sort of in on the ground floor of some new, something like new, even if it's like a new artist or a new initiative at, you know, dynamite, but then, you know, something like milestone, especially. Yeah. Oh, I think, you know, for a lot of people, like, you know, there is the inclination to reach up, which I think is not a bad instinct, you know, in the sense of like, you know, wanting to, to get information and kind of make connections with, you know, professionals, you know, whether it's the art or the, the writing side who are a bit ahead of you or, you know, maybe far, far ahead of you. Um, but, you know, there's also a lot of value in that and that immediate connection with people who are, you know, same place career wise, but also like, you know, very much so like, trying to to break in or do a lot of the same things that you're doing because those are the people that a you're going to have more access to right <laughs> like you know you're going to be able to, to sit down and talk with them and and build you know connection and community with them more but then you know when when you both kind of start making moves uh you know you'll have somebody who can give you if not just you know information about you know hey what, what's it like working with this place or what was it like working with this person or um you know what was it like just kind of working on this book uh but then you know also it's like hey you know this is this is my friend who now like you're not necessarily like i i'm gonna use them now <laughs> to get what i want but more so like hey here's my here's my friend you know here's somebody that i've, I've worked with and have you know a genuine connection with and like you know, it, it definitely helps to have, you know, people who are making their way through the industry alongside you, um, who can, you know, Hey, reference you, you know, when, when they're like, I can't do X, Y, and Z, but I know somebody who can, you know, and they're also looking for work. And so, yeah, I, I always feel very blessed and very happy. Like, you know, Marco Santucci, who was doing the, um, the Aquaman book with me has now been working on Green Lantern, like the, the, you know, main Green Lantern book for the last couple of months, which has been fantastic to see. And, uh, you know, Naomi Frankies, who I did the uh, Bitch Planet triple feature story with, like has gone on to do stuff, you know, for Marvel and, you know, had had a had a book with Grant Morrison. <laughs> they were doing the, uh, the Grant Morrison book that he did at Boom uh, just a few months ago. So like, it's it's always amazing to see people who you've gotten a chance to work with go on and do, you know, really cool things. Nice. So um, Noah brought it up, but let's transition a little bit into to the Milestone Initiative. Um, can you talk a little bit about uh, how you got involved with that? Um, you know, obviously, it's uh, it's a really cool thing to, to see. You know, I mentioned to you in the, uh, the pre-show interview, I was reading Dark Crisis um, 1 today, and I got to the page where um, I opened it up and, you know, all of you guys are guys and gals are shown there and uh it was just really cool to see but could you talk a little bit more about that yeah i mean they didn't even tell us that was happening so i got i got the book same as everybody else it's <laughs> <was> like whoa <laughs> um but yeah milestone initiative is is a program that milestone comics and dc comics have put together basically you know with the intention of raising the profile and 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 bringing along a new generation of comic book creators of color. So there are 12 writers and 12 artists um, who were involved. And we've basically, you know, just been either getting like classes, you know, through the Kubert School, um, you know, having really great meetings and, and, you know, just like chats and talks with a lot of different people at DC Comics um, and, and different comics professionals, you know, getting information about, you know, the way that the business works. Um, you know, getting opportunities to kind of like see what it is to be a working, you know, comics professional. And um, I think it's it's the kind of thing that is necessary, you know what I mean? In the sense of like, when you think about, you know, diversity and diversity initiatives, like, you know, DC and Milestone and uh, Ally, Ally Bank, who's a partner with all of this, like they put money into this. Like it wasn't like, Hey, you know, do do some Zoom calls and and you know we'll we'll you know send you some cool stuff and you know act like you uh, you know really got something out of this. But it's like no, like they flew us out to the out to Burbank to the DC headquarters and we got to spend a week there and like you know they've they've really been all the way in on this. You know, Dennis Cohen and Reggie Hudlin 
um, you know, have been really, really, really not just gung ho about all of this, but really um, giving of their time and, and giving of, you know, their talents, trying to make sure that this is something that's worthwhile for everybody involved. And so, you know, so far it's been an incredible experience, you know, one, just to meet everybody. Like there's a lot of really, really talented people involved and I'm really excited to see, you know, what everybody goes on to do. Uh, whether it's, you know, at DC Comics or at other places, you know, I know some people have some books coming out soon, you know, at, at a couple different spots. And, you know, I'm excited for those to, to drop for people to read those. Um, but then, you know, also, it's it's just really exciting to be part of something like this, because Milestone is still, you know, such a such an important, informative part of comics history, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like I think about just the the longevity of it for something that really wasn't a lo- around for a long time. Like Milestone's run wasn't, you know, 20, 30, 40 years. It was, you know, maybe 10, mm-hmm. if that, I think. Uh, and you, you still see the lasting impact of something like Static Shock, of something like uh, Hardware, something like Icon and Rocket. And the fact that these characters are not... St- just still in demand, but like have as much meaning as they've ever had, you know, still here and now in in 2022. So, you know, to, to be a part of that continuing legacy uh, that so many, you know, amazing talented people put down, you know, way back in the nineties and, and continuing that now, I think is, is a huge honor and privilege. And, you know, I'm just really, really excited to be a part of that. Yeah. I think things like this are, are, are really important. Um, A number of, podcast ago we had a uh, a female creator on and it was very important for her to have an all-female team on her on her comic and so we talked a little bit about that and then you know you mentioned this as you know 12 writers 12 artists that are people of color this is a very much currently probably still is but you know it has a lot of roots in white males you know in in this in this industry so you know just things like that are are, are really important to to have going on right for sure and like i mean access is really the biggest part of it right like comics by and large is still very much a diy kind of kind of art form where you know you get together with with friends or you know people that you know and you make a book you know Mm -hmm. make a story put something together and you know, the further along you go, you know, the more um, like a business it becomes, you know what I mean? But like at the at the root of it, it is very much so um, about having having that access, you know, mm-hmm. to, to resources and having that access to, uh, you know, be be seen and just visibility. Like, again, like just our faces being in DC Comics, I, who, how, who can say how many DC Comics got shipped out? in the last week and like our face is in i assume all of them <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> and that's a, just a wild so thing cool. to think about yeah. um so you know like initiatives like this i think really you know highlight that um you know there's there's a lot of talent out here you know yeah. there's a lot of people who for you know various and sundry reasons just haven't had a chance to you know, set foot through the door, right? And now this is DC and Milestone and Ally kind of saying, hey, we're gonna we're gonna make a way. You're know, gonna make an opportunity for people to not only just get their foot in the door, but like we want to make sure that you're able to stay here uh and create that longevity and you know make this something where you know it's not just we're not the only class, you know, but there's multiple classes behind us that get to come in and have the same experience and you know same opportunities because you know it's it's comics but it's by and large right like yeah you can you can name an industry and there's similar issues going on in terms of um you know making sure that the the workplace is reflective of you know the world and you mm-hmm. know you can you can look at so many different studies that show that not only is diversity a great you know uh increase of productivity you know at at whatever the workplace is but it's also specifically for media companies right you know like the more variety of story that you can tell and the more authentically you can tell that story the larger that your fan base is going to be right the more people who feel like they're included within you know whatever stories you're telling whether it's film whether it's television whether it's um you know music prose comics video games like when people can look at something and say oh i see myself in that and it's not like uh, a, a kind of a cheap you know like 
diversity bingo, you know, situation where we're just checking a box sure. but more so like, oh, no, we, we're, we're actually investing in this and creating a space for you to also be a part of whatever this is. And so, you know, that kind of stuff, I think, you know, proves dividends down the line where now, you know, you've, you've brought in a whole new readership and a whole new group of people who didn't see themselves in, in DC comics before. And now, you know, are seeing themselves in it and and they want to be a part of it whether it's as readers or whether it's as creators so i think mm-hmm. you know this is uh, a really important thing to kind of continue to to build that going into the future yeah and i uh, hopefully you know another thing that is like you know if, 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 a, if a younger kid picks up a book and they see a person that looks like them in that ad you know they know that you know that's something that that that's possible you know and you know not to be negative, but there's a lot of, well, not a lot, but there, there's a certain corners of, of con- comics where there's, there's a lot of, you know, knuckleheads spewing hatred. So just to sort of have something that like is, is positive and is, is, is shining, is shining a good light. is just, it's just, it's just great to see. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, again, to be part of it, you know, I feel a certain level of responsibility, you know, yeah. to make sure that, you know, the work that I do is, I mean, I, I would hope it was good regardless, <laughs> but like, uh, you know, I definitely feel like, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of carrying the torch in terms of making sure that, you know, the people that come behind me, uh, you know, feel like they, they have a space, you know, mm-hmm. like they, they can be included in this and there's not necessarily, you know, any, any barriers or anything keeping them out, you know, like, obviously there's, there's a, there's going to be stuff, you know, along the way and everybody mm-hmm. has to deal with that. But, you know, as much as we can kind of break down some of that gatekeeping and some of those walls that keep people out um, and, you know, kind of bring more and more, you know, talented and wonderful people into the space of comics, like you're saying, like, it's, it's better for everybody, you know, mm-hmm. like, good comics are good comics. And like, you know, the denial of people, whether it's because of their race or their gender or, you know, whatever else it might be, like you're just denying yourself good story. So sure. like if you if you love comics, like you should be welcoming everybody in to make great comics. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I guess a little bit related to this, um, I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think um, the DC, you know, they were, you know, we're in we're in Pride Month right now. Did they highlight the the character that you created um, in, in in Aquaman in, in one of their in their one of their ads or one of their sort of images to sort of promote Pride Month? Well, they they included Hawaii in one of the actual stories in the DC anthology, awesome. which was also just a surreal thing to see, like a character that you created, um, you know, not only enduring and, and being, you know, celebrated and, and, um, you know, people responding to them, you know, fans and creators, but also like having something like that exists, you know, within the world of DC, where I think, you know, they, they are definitely making that, that effort, right. To, to be more inclusive, you know, specifically when it comes to LGBTQ, uh, plus people but like it's it was something where like I, it wasn't like oh you know this was th- I made this character just for me and uh, you'll never see him again outside of you know those two issues that I did but I think you're, you're always kind of like okay like how many people have created a comic book character right like how many people have made a character and then that character never showed up in anything else besides that thing that they did and like thus far Hawaii has shown up in the Aquaman, the becoming, you know, they've shown up in, you know, this pride story and like, you know, some other places. So it's, it's surreal again, to see this, this character that I created just because I wanted Jackson Hyde to have somebody to, to have a crush on and, you know, like have, have a genuine, you know, teenage relationship with, and to see that character again, not only just continue on and, and show up in different stories, but for people to like really respond to that character and and want to see that character come back whether it be creators or whether it be fans has, has been you know amazing for me to see so well i'm hoping one day that um i am watching a, a dc movie and you know I sit, <laughs> I, I sit there through all the credits and, and they go to thank people and, and then i see your name and i can do a little i do a little fist bump in my in my in my in my chair in the movie theater that would be that would be great <laughs> <laughs> 
cool. So, you know, we've, we've talked a lot of, a lot of things here. Um, I'm checking with Noah to see if he has any more questions, you know, related to DC or, or the milestone stuff, but I want to make sure that we, we get back uh, on Sonia because uh, mm-hmm. you know, next week, this is, this is hitting the shelves. Uh, yeah. I, I just wanted to ask about, uh, you know, Dennis Cowan, um, what, what that was like being able to learn from him because he, he's such a legend man boy i mean dennis like the thing <laughs> the thing that you learn very quickly about dennis you know spending a, a couple minutes with him is that like he's he's lost nothing you know over the years like the passion for making comics the passion for you know just creativity is still very much so there if not even more present now, like just hearing him talk about all these different projects that he's working on. I mean, the fact that you know he's still working on still working on hardware now. You know what I mean? Like he just did that um, that question uh, black label book mm-hmm. maybe like a year and a half ago, two years ago. You know, like he's he's not somebody who has ever really gone away. You know, and so when you have a chance to kind of sit and and listen to somebody like that who you know, like comics, comics is a hustle. Comics is a grind. Comics is, is an endurance test. You, you know what I mean? Like, you know, the longer that you stick around, um, you know, it, it feels like you're, you're, you know, passing some of these tests and some of these hurdles, but it doesn't really ever stop. And specifically once you're in the thick of it, you know, when you're working on one of these big two books, like those deadlines don't stop, you know, no matter what's going on in your life, like you got to keep, keep hitting those things and delivering. And the fact that he's been able to do that from, from milestone until today, you know, and even before milestone is, is an incredible feat. So, you know, having him, you know, be around us, like he, like I said before, it was very giving of his time. Like you would expect him to maybe like pop up, you know, maybe in the beginning and maybe see him near the end, but like he was around, and like involved and you know like very much so wanting to hear from us talk to us uh encourage us you know fill in any gaps you know in terms of information or knowledge questions that we might have um and so like i mean truly an inspiration you you know on on a lot of different levels but you know just having the opportunity to just be around him was was such a such a treat and such an honor so yeah, I mean, if you if you ever get to meet him at a con or anything like that, like just just take the chance to chat him up because he's got so much passion for this business. It's crazy. That's awesome to hear. I mean, you know, everybody says, you know, never meet your heroes. But, you know, I've not had that experience altogether all the time. So it's just always ha- I'm always happy to hear that. Yeah, that they're that they live up to their legend. Oh, and and then some and Reggie, Reginald oh, Hudlin, the same, you know, what I mean, like, yeah. This- the stories that Reggie was telling were uh, <laughs> were pretty pretty crazy, but also you know like he's 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 really about milestone. Like he loves milestone, um, you know, and he's really really big on on us, you know, kind of being you know a, a new generation to represent milestone. And so like you know he he was similar to to Dennis, very much so there encouraging us. Uh, but also like making sure that, you know, we're, we're prepared for, you know, next steps after this. Were so, there any, were there any other, like um, maybe like a chance encounter with, with anybody while you were there to maybe like Jim Lee walk past you or anything like that? We did. We did get to, to talk to Jim Lee. Oh, wow, <laughs> man. Uh, which was great. Um, yeah. I think, you know, like the thing about comics is that it is, it is, it's a small place, you know, mm-hmm. it's a small industry. And even though, you know, you think about these people as kind of being these, these towering giants, which they very much so are, you know, from a, from a talent and creative perspective. Um, so many of them are, are nice people. <laughs> I mean, are very much so just like still Jim Lee was sweating through deadlines, like the rest of us, you know what I mean? <laughs> like he was still, you know, trying to get out, you know, the books that he had to get out that he was working on for covers and stuff. Um, and, you know, like, that's that's still the number one rule you know i mean no matter where you go you know no matter what you what you have the opportunity to work on like you know as long as you're you're still humble you're still kind you still treat people with respect when you meet them that goes a long way because you know people hang around you know and and the people that you were you know kind of stepping on you know maybe 10 years ago it might you might be in the reverse position you know in the current day and like 
you know, it's it's not like people are going to be out to to get revenge on you or anything like that. But people don't forget and word gets around and people, mm-hmm. you know, take stock of maybe who's kind of a pain to work with and who's probably more of a, a delight to work with. And I think more or less you see the people who are, you know, very giving and very, um, you know, just passionate about, you know, the, the world of comics sticking around, you know, and, and the people who have kind of shown their true colors, you know, more or less, maybe they don't go all the way away, but they are getting the work like they used to. And I think, you know, you can, you can tell the reason for that. So, you know, all the people that we met at DC were uh, not only just like, you know, very receptive and very happy to, to have us there and to meet us, but also, um, you know, just, just nice people, which is like you're saying though, sometimes you're just like, Oh, you know, I it was a mistake to go up and, <laughs> and talk to so-and-so, but like, I was not disappointed by, by anybody, you know, on the DC side. Nice. All right. So let's, uh, let's, let's turn our attention back to, to the book that's coming out uh, next week. Um, let's, let's talk a little bit about this, um, you know, and uh, you know, people can go into their shops and, and, and pick it up. Um, but just, just, just tell us a little bit more um, as we are, are, we're getting excited for this next week. For sure. Yeah. Well, Samurai Sonia will be in stores on June 22nd. You can get it wherever you, you buy your comics. Um, and it is the story of um, Samurai Sonia in the Sengoku period of Japan, which is like this, this period of, more or less constant civil war, uh, you know, like the emperor had, you know, lost power. And so there was a vacuum and, and a lot of different, you know, people were rushing to kind of fill that void. And so what you got was just a lot of different clans, um, a lot of different different groups just, just really going back and forth and people would kind of have power for a brief period of time and they would lose it and then, you know, so on and so forth. And so what that meant for Samurai is that it was basically like their time to shine. Like this was their proven ground where, where they were constantly having to show not only just their skill, mm-hmm. um, but their, their value and their worth. Because in the following period, the Edo period, was the period of peace, right? And that was kind of like when samurai became more of a class, you know, than like an actual like warrior. Um, and throwing Sonia into this period of time, I think is interesting because we're kind of getting the story of her as not just, um, you know, samurai, right? You know, as as kind of this, you know, representative of her clan, you know, trying to, to help them maintain power, uh, but also you know, getting, getting the sense of what it means to carry on a legacy, I think is, is really at the heart of the story um, because she comes from a long line of samurai and, you know, for samurai at the time, it was like your name and your reputation and, you know, your family name were like the most valuable thing, right? Because like, if you could, if you could show and prove that you were who you said you were and a lot of people were coming to test that you know they wanted to see if you if you really were as good as you said you were and you know for Sonia it's a bit of how do I carry on this legacy that my family has established for themselves but also like where do I fit in with that you know am I just you know another peg within this you know long long standing chain of samurai where I I just kind of continue to do what has been done before, or am I somebody who's looking to establish a new path and, and, you know, kind of stand out from the rest of my family, not even the sense of like, you know, what they were doing before was wrong, but more so like, you know, really, really trying to be um, a force of good and a force of, uh, of peace and of justice, you know, in this world where, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of not so great stuff going on and she's, mm-hmm facing off with a lot of different yokai which are like the japanese folklore monsters and so you're getting everything from uh dragons to in this first issue you're getting the the gashi decora which is like a giant skeleton composed of you know the the spirits of you know uh people who who died in an unjust death um later on you're getting oni which are like the big kind of ogreish uh monsters that have like the the red skin and the tusks and the the multiplies mm-hmm. um and it's been a lot of fun to kind of play around with a lot of that different stuff and so if you're somebody who's coming in 
and you're like, yo, I love Red Sonia. I love everything that, you know, the character represents and is like, we're doing a lot of that same stuff, you know, just in a different setting. If there's somebody who's never read a Red Sonia book before, um, this is going to be just a, a perfect kind of jumping on point and kind of self-contained story for you to read where you don't need to know anything that came before. Um, you don't really need to have, you know, a, a strong understanding of the character other than, you know, kind of the basics. Um, and you can just kind of jump in and, and read and enjoy. So hopefully it's a book that reaches people, connects with people. There's a lot of great action going on, but there's also a lot of great, you know, family dynamics and, and stuff like that. So I feel like it's, it's a book that has a little something for everybody. If you're, if you're just kind of looking, you got a little extra money to spend, you know, you, you're, you're looking for something new to jump into. I would, would hope that you, you would go and, and pick this book up. Very cool. And you've had this experience a few times, um, you know, to have a book on the on the shelves at a comic shop. Are you are you are you going to go in on Wednesday and just take a look at it sitting on the on the shelf? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it never it never gets old. You know, what I mean, That's it's great. kind of a, a, a surreal experience, um, especially I mean, again, as you know, like, you know, I started out doing it on my own. You know, mm -hmm. I had to I had to pay for the books to get printed. I had to pay for the art in the books. I had to you know, but I was, I was doing the lettering for myself very early on. I was doing like, you know, basically the job of the editor and, and the publisher and the, you know, publicity and, you know, all that stuff. And so, um, you know, this is, this is always a cool experience to, you know, have a book in not just your local comic book shop, but like around the country. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, and so like, I, I am very excited to, not only get to do that because it's it's like I said it's a mini series so this mm -hmm. is the first time that you know it's not going to be just this one time but it's going to be until October basically <laughs> like one of these is coming out um, and so it'll be and Dynamite Boy Dynamite does variant covers like if you haven't checked in with your comic book shop yet I mean we'll see you know what you can do at this point because it's kind of a little tight but you know looking forward to the rest of the series like look up some of those variants because they are they are some of them are just amazing so like if you're that kind of person who's looking for some cool variant covers as well like we we got you covered on that too cool uh so i'll i'll check in with noah um before we before we close up to see if he has any any final questions here uh yeah just because i was uh, such a huge fan of the the first issue uh i wonder uh, are you do you have plans for elk mountain going forward or or anything like that uh yeah that's uh something that i've always kept in the back of my mind like vince underwood who did the art for that um is a good friend and is just a, a very talented talented artist and uh just finished wrapping up a book called the miracles with joe glass um and so that was you know taking up most of his time the last you know year and a half um and i think he's got a little bit of free time we're going to talk about it we're going to see what we can do because that's the story that i've definitely been meaning and wanting to return to but it's just been a matter of like between both of our schedules finding the time to get that in yeah you ended on a cliffhanger i like know a <laughs> and uh <laughs> no i i just i, I love that story I, I really would love to see more of it not that i'm gonna like kill you if you don't or anything mm. but mm. um but you know it's uh no, I'm just excited if you guys do more in that world. And I'm just excited to see what you do going forward because it's been awesome to, I think the first episode you were on, you were promoting Elk Mountain. Yeah. And now here you are, my cat's going crazy in the background. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. But um, if you, you know, I'm just, I'm just, just happy to be a part of, you know, being able to see your trajectory. It's, it's really inspiring. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you guys always for, for having me on. I've always appreciated being able to jump on and talk with you guys so it's such a pleasure yeah i'm uh i'm happy that i i stood behind you in line <laughs> at that, that that tom king signing and and was chatting chatting your your ear off so that we were able to to form this sort of friendship and yeah and see this so it's just sort of funny how those things those things work out if i was you know two people behind you in line maybe we we never talked and, and stuff like that so it's sort of the whole chaos theory of it all i know 
Yeah. Very awesome. fortuitous. <laughs> yeah. Let's uh let's let's do let's do one more thing here. Why don't you give out your your socials? Because you know that there's we're all excited to see what's what's gonna come next. And probably that's the the best way to, to stay up to date with what what's gonna come next. So why don't you give out your socials? And we're gonna link those in the in the show notes as well. Yeah, no problem. Uh so again, my name is Jordan Clark. You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at JRSosa18, JRSOSA18. Try to be active. I'm not always the most active, but you know, if you want to see me post about my cats or uh, my podcast or uh, you know other various comic stuff, that's that's where you can find me at. Cool, cool. And we're also going to put a link to the to the preview section um, for for this series, so that you know time is of the essence on on issue one. But maybe uh, you know we can get some pre orders in for for the issues coming up. Yeah, like I said, this is this is the first issue. So, you know, like maybe you didn't pre-order, you're kind of, you know, wait and see. You want to see what this this is like. But if you do like it, there's going to be four more coming. So you can always add it to your pull list. Very cool. Very cool. Well, well, Jordan, you have an, an open invite uh, whenever the, the next thing that you're you're able to talk about. Um, we'd love to have you back on. As Noah said, we we, we enjoyed sort of the the trajectory of you know the guy doing the the, the Kickstarters, you know, the DIY doing a lot of it himself. And then, we, you know, we've seen you Aquaman, some, some Star Wars stuff. And here we are in the, in the, in the Sonyverse. So it's, it's all very cool. Yeah, definitely. Like, like I said, I, I, I always appreciate having the chance to come on and talk to you guys, not only because, you know, we're all, we're all friends, but also yeah. uh, because I think it's, it's always cool to kind of, you know, kind of come back. Like, I, I don't know how many times it's been. I feel like I'm a, like, I need an SNL jacket you know, <laughs> at this point. Um, but, you know, like, it, it is cool to, to come on and, you know, have these conversations and kind of be able to have that continuity of, you yeah. know, we've, we've talked about so many different things before and, you know, just watching things continue to build. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, for anybody listening, if you could give us a rating and review on the podcasting service you use, we really appreciate it. Um, there's also going to be a, another link in the show notes. It will be to Superior Sam, Everybody Needs a Home. That's a Kickstarter that Noah and I are part of that's going to be um, coming out in early July. Um, but if you want to follow our podcast, we're on Twitter, and that is at Construct Com Pod. Instagram is Constructed Comics Pod, and Facebook is Constructed Comics. But once again, I just want to thank everybody for listening. Please be safe, be nice to each other, and go out there and make some comics. Thank you. <laughs>